Is mayonnaise an instrument? Unicorns! Show ponies! Where's the beef? Texas forever. I'm Batman. Boston, this is for you. What's going on, everybody? It's Shime Time back again for another hashtag SPP. This is the Shime Time Primetime Podcast. But I can already hear you yelling at me through the uh through the computer screen or through the whatever you're listening to me to. Maybe your iPhone, maybe your Android, if you're one of those people. Like Rex. Yeah, Rex, I'm talking to you. You hear me, freaking Android lover. But it's okay. I I understand. All right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna flip out. I'm not gonna lose my mind because I get where you guys are coming from. I know I said last week, oh Jimmy Garoppolo should start. Jimmy Garoppolo should start. Yada yada yada. And he didn't. And Jacoby Brissett came out, played well. Not great, but he played well. He did what he had to do. He managed the game. And the Patriots walked away with a nice twenty-seven to nothing victory. Uh yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty straightforward. It was just they oh man. To be completely honest, Houston looked like they just came in and shit their pants. Like everybody on that team looked like they just walked into the walked into Gillette Stadium, got on the field, and were just blinded by the light. Like it was just it was too big a spot for them. They weren't ready. Their first of all, their freaking play calling, their whole game plan was atrocious. It was just, it was bad. Like, why are you running on third and eight? Every third down, I felt like it was a run play. Every single one of them, and it was embarrassing because you just paid a quarterback what four years, eighty-two million dollars a year, eighty-two million dollars, and you're not letting him throw the football against the New England Patriots when you're already down ten nothing and at the by halftime like you need to you really need to have a better game plan than that you need to be on the offensive that's the thing about the Patriots if they get out to a lead early they're gonna bury you it's very rarely that you see the Patriots get up with a big lead and then play stupid um very similar to how they did in the Miami game they almost blew that but I I was never scared of Ryan Tannehill but this Houston game is just like they just came out really lackluster Houston just sucked they were so bad. Like, why? What was the point of even showing up? They took a 27 to nothing trouncing. All right? And it was just, oh, it was gross. Okay, but I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you exactly what I told you last week. And I'm going to tell you, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start this week. I'm even more convinced now that they released footage of Jimmy throwing a practice. Today is Wednesday. This should hopefully go up Wednesday night. You'll probably not see it until Thursday morning at the very earliest. But regardless, earlier today, I'm breaking the fourth wall like it's my job, by the way. I don't know why, but I am. So earlier today, um, Patriots.com released footage of Jimmy Garoppolo throwing at practice. Like he was actually throwing the football, full pads, the whole deal, throwing the football uh, to his receivers. He was able to throw the ball 20, 25 yards down the field. Uh, at one point, Zolak on 985 said that he looked like he was throwing 35 to 40 yards down the field, which, if that's the case, the guy's playing. There's just no question. If you can throw the ball 25 yards downfield, you're playing the football game. And don't get me wrong, I think Brissett played well for the situation he was given, but I don't think he's ready. I mean, you look at him and you compare him to how Jimmy Garoppolo played, and when you look at Jimmy, Jimmy had a they they never changed their playbook. 
their Tom Brady playbook was the exact same for Jimmy Garoppolo. He was expected to make every decision that Tom Brady would have made, and he did. He did that with with ease. And in the Miami game, it was flawless. He was nearly perfect. So I don't I don't think it's crazy to expect that Jimmy should play as he's far and away the better quarterback, and he should be. He's been in the system for three years now. He should be better than Jacoby Brissett, who showed up on, on you know, in Foxborough two, three and a half, four months ago. Like, come on, it's it's. I mean, it's clear cut. It doesn't get more clear cut than that. Um, so I th- I do think I do think that Jimmy's gonna play. All right. I know I'm probably getting killed for it from the last saying last time that Jimmy shouldn't play or that he should play last time, but you know what? He's had now two weeks off. Two full weeks of rest. The guy is fine. He can throw the football. Tom Brady would be able to play. Big Ben would play. All these other quarterbacks would play because they'd sack up, they'd get out on the field, and they'd play. And that's it. There's just no question. That's just how it would go. So I think um, I just don't see how it's possible that Jimmy doesn't start. You can tell me that he shouldn't because he shouldn't get hurt, injured more. You can tell me all that crap, but I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. If you can play, you should play. Period. All right. That's how every other quarterback in the NFL should think. That's how just about every other quarterback in the NFL actually thinks is that when, if they're able to go, they're going to go. Like that's how it's going to be. There's no questions about it. If they can play, they're going to play. And they should. Uh, I, I, I just, yeah. That's. That's what I'm trying to say. If he can play, if the doctors clear him, he's good. Go. Play. Because we can run the full spectrum of the playbook with Jimmy under center. It, but with Jacoby under spreader, ugh, wow. I don't English well. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> with Jacoby under center, we're very limited in what we can do. As you could tell, they had to throw a couple of wrinkles into the playbook in order to, you know, kind of break him into open space. I don't think he can make all the reads. He can't make all those throws. It's going to be a lot of dink and dunk and a lot of run. And I think against Rex Ryan, you can't be one-dimensional. You have to have uh, multiple facets to your game. And I do think the one advantage you have is there's not a ton of tape on Rex Ryan, Rex or on Jimmy and Jacoby for Rex Ryan because they've never played him. Like, yeah, he can go back and look at other teams and having and seeing them in the first three games. But overall, there's not a ton of tape for Rex to work with. He doesn't know how they're going to react to his schemes. So he can't scheme based on their tendencies and their performances because he doesn't know them all yet. He hasn't been able to witness them himself and diagnose them and then come up with a scheme to defend them. Um, Because as much as I I think Rex Ryan is a bozo and a clown and a loser, uh, I think he's a good, he's arguably the best defensive mind in football. I just, there's no question. I that's I've always said this about Rex Ryan, and I say this about a lot of different coaches. Um, some guys just aren't cut out to be head coaches because they can't do everything. But a guy like Rex Ryan is the perfect example of a guy who could be a fantastic defensive coordinator and just not a head coach. He's just not head coach material. Uh, he's too much of a goofball, too much of a clown, too much of a bozo. Um, to be able to control an entire locker room, control every facet of the game. Um, but he is a fantastic defensive mind. And I know his brother, Rob, he blows. 
he, he is a terrible defensive coordinator, but I think Rex is going to have his hands all over this. Um, and I, I think that the Patriots need to be prepared for whatever Rex is going to throw at him. And I think they will be, I think Jimmy will come out. I think if Jimmy starts this game, I think we win. I think the Patriots will be four and Uh, I think there's just, it's tough to say after seeing what they've done so far with how little they have, um, that anything would change, but I, I really think that they could easily go four and here and, uh, and really put themselves in a great position for when Tom comes back. Um, even if they lose, though, I'm not overly concerned. I think that at 3-1, and one, you're still in really good shape. You're, there's not a lot to worry about. There's not a lot you need to to really care about. I mean, okay, one loss. It, 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 yeah, every loss matters, but in the scheme of things, you're getting the best quarterback in history back. Um, <laughs> and I... After seeing the way Pittsburgh played against Philadelphia, I'm not nearly as scared of that game as I was because I I think Pittsburgh's defense is farly overrated. Um, And I think with Tom Brady at the helm, having two games under his belt at that point, he'll be be fine. I'm not worried. I'm really not. Um, I think I'd be more worried about Cincinnati coming here in the second game of that Tom's back and kind of beating you up a little bit um, on defense, or their defense beating you up a little bit. But, uh, I mean, overall, I'm really not too scared. And I, the only game that even gives me pause is the at-Denver game later in the season. So, I mean, okay, so we come out of this 3-1 and one and we lose what? Let's say we lose two more. We lose to either Cincinnati or Pittsburgh, and then we lose to Denver down the road. So you're talking, you're telling me we go 13 and three. Um, yeah, I, you can't complain about that. I mean, you can't be upset about that. Pittsburgh already has a loss. I know Denver doesn't, but they're going to lose eventually. It's not like Trevor Simeon is not going to be able to carry them to an undefeated record or even 14 and two. Like that team, that defense is, I, I am going to admit that I was wrong, that at the beginning of the season, I thought the Broncos wouldn't even be able to win their own division. Um, I thought their defense would take a major step back and their offense would also take a huge step back. Um, and their offense really hasn't done too bad. Uh, they've been able to run the football. I mean, they ran the football great against the Panthers. And last week, Trevor Simeon threw for over 300 yards and four touchdowns against the Bengals. So clearly I was wrong about them. And I will admit that I was wrong. Yes, I'm telling you, I was wrong. The Broncos are good. They're not to be trifled with. They're a good football team. Um, and so... Other than that game, though, I'm not I'm not overly scared. So if we lose against but the Buffalo this week, we lose against Buffalo this week. I'm not not gonna cry about it. It's not gonna affect me. It's not gonna kill my vibe. Nothing because I know the following week Tom Brady's gonna come in and murk Cleveland, like absolutely, completely slaughter Cleveland. That's why I can't wait for that. Um, so I'm gonna tell you now, week five in Cleveland, New England, you should start every single offensive Patriots player you have because Tom Brady is going to throw for probably 500 yards and seven touchdowns. The guy is going to light the world on fire. So you have Julian Edelman, Gronk, Martellus, Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, James White, anybody who catches passes, play them because Tom Brady is going to hit them and he's going to hit them often and he's going to hit them constantly. And he is going to make every play you could imagine. I don't think there's 
people are really concerned that there might be rust, seeing as he hasn't played since the preseason, and I, I disagree. I think Tom Brady's going to come out. He's going to look like Tom Brady, and he's going to be super pissed off, and he's going to absolutely murder the Cleveland Browns. I just... I don't see how any how he could do anything else. I you know, and that may be just the patriot, you know, Homer in me or something. I don't know, but I mean, come on. I just the way the Patriots team is playing, their defense is playing well, not as well as I had hoped. But they're playing well. The offense is doing great even without Brady. So when he comes back, that team is gonna mow people down, um, and you really can't be too concerned. So like I said, going into this game against Buffalo. I don't think it's a must-win game. Um, so if Jimmy can't go, he can't go. I think he should play. I, I really think after seeing that video today, there, um, you know, it's if you if you need to go look for it, it should be on Patriots.com or go to YouTube and type in Jimmy Garoppolo at practice or something. I don't know, um, but he was throwing today, and I don't see how he isn't going to play on Sunday. So that's my that's my take on them because I just think uh, you know I'm not worried I think the Patriots team is in, ex- in an exceptional spot we've been fortunate enough knock on wood to not be slaughtered with injuries like a lot of teams yeah we've suffered our fair share but you know there are things we can work through and work around um, so overall I'm I'm very happy with the the place that they're in and uh, where they're going. And hopefully we can continue this throughout the season, especially when Tom comes back, because I know more than anybody that he's going to want to come in and he's going to want to light the world on fire and burn everything to the ground and take his way all the way to the AFC championship game again for the sixth year in a row, and then make his way into the Super Bowl for this, you know, second time in three years. And he's just gonna, that's, that's what he wants. I know it. I can, feel it in my loins deep down inside so be prepared um the patriots are coming to town and they're not gonna stop anytime soon <laughs> that's just that's how it is all right um but yeah so that kind of wraps up my take today's podcast if you couldn't tell a little bit short um i just wanted to, i wanted to get one out there discuss a little bit patriots and uh we're gonna do the week three picks real quick so that's what we're gonna go go to right now and uh, I think we're actually, yep, yep, here it comes. Here it comes. You ready? A little intro song. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Woo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I choose you, all right. Well, I think that means this is going to be our new intro song for this. You ready for this? The I Choose You by Time Flies. Shout out to Time Flies. That's their song, I Choose You. A nice little clip from it. And that's going to be our new intro song into Picks of the Week. If only I could get some cool voiceover guy to say that for me. But instead, I'll do it myself. So yeah, so let's do the Picks of the Week. Uh, We have Thursday night's game, Miami. At Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's favored by seven and a half points. Normally, so last week, if you didn't know, the way I did it, when I took the, basically anything over seven, I took the points. Um, This week, not quite going to happen that way because I think Miami's going to get slaughtered. I think Cincinnati's too good. They're only, I mean, they're one and two on the season now, I believe. 
Yeah, they're one and two on the season, having beaten the Jets and lost to Pittsburgh and Denver. Um, I think Cincinnati needs the win. I think they're going to be fighting hard. I think it's going to be a shitty Thursday night game, and I think Cincinnati's going to win, plain and simple. So I'm going to take Cincinnati even with the seven and a half point spread. I think they cover and get that W. And then our second game, I'm so happy. So here's the thing is I hate the teams have to go all the way to London to play football, but God, gosh darn it, I love Sunday morning football because we're going to get a game at, yeah, you're right, 9.30 in the morning. I'm going to be listening to this game on the radio or watching it on my phone or my iPad while I'm at work. So this is going to be glorious. I can't tell you how excited I am. And we have Indianapolis versus Jacksonville in London. Uh, Indy's actually favored by two and a half, and I'm going to take Indy. I loved Jacksonville coming into this year. I thought they were going to play great, and they have shit the freaking bed. They are garbage. They have played like hot garbage. Blake Bortles is killing me because I have him in two of my fantasy leagues, and he's just single-handedly destroying me. Just, Just taking an enema and shoving it up and cleaning everything out, and that's what Blake Bortles is doing, and it's killing me. Ugh every single Sunday. It's awful. So I'm actually going to take Indianapolis here, favored by two and a half over Jacksonville in London. Um, Then we have Detroit at Chicago. Uh, Detroit's favored by two and a half. I'm going to take Detroit. Detroit's been playing great lately. Uh, High-powered offense. Um, I know they got a lot of had to really fight back in that Green Bay game, and I think Green Bay kind of gave up once it was like 35 to, was it seven or something like that? But, uh, but overall, I think Matt Stafford's having a good year. Uh, he loves his new target in Marvin Jones. For Christ's sakes, Marvin Jones had 205 yards receiving last week. And I think Chicago blows. Chicago is that bad. Like, they are, like, their defense, if you gave me a list of players on their defense and random dudes' names um, that are, like, you know, CFL players or college football players, I probably wouldn't be able to distinguish between the two lists because the Chicago defense is filled with a bunch of people that I've never heard of before. Uh, So I just think they're going to get slaughtered by Detroit this week. Then we have Buffalo at New England. As I alluded to earlier in this portion of the podcast, I do have New England. They are favored by four and a half, but I don't think that really matters. Uh, I'm going to take New England. I think they'll win. Like I said, I, if they lose, I don't really care um, being a Patriots fan uh, because I think we're still in great shape. But I do think they'll win. I don't see Rex coming to Gillette and beating the Patriots. The only time Rex would ever stand a chance is in Buffalo. And let's be real, I still don't think he stands a chance against Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick owns so much real realty in Rex Ryan's head. It's crazy. I don't think I've ever seen one coach own more space in another coach's head then Bill Belichick and Rex Ryan's head. So I'm going to take New England. And then we get to another crazy line. All right. Cleveland at Washington. The Redskins are favored by nine and a half. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. The Redskins are hot garbage and Cleveland's even worse. So I'm going to take Cleveland. They covered last week against Miami. They kept it close and lost by a touchdown in overtime. So they beat the spread on that one. And I think they're going to do the same thing here with Washington because I don't think Washington is anything special. Um, I think Cleveland has ways to produce some offense. Their defense isn't terrible. And I think they can keep the game close. And with nine and a half points, you got to take the points. So I'm going Cleveland. 
Our next game is Oakland at Baltimore. Um, Baltimore is probably the most unimpressive 3-0 team in football. They are just, their wins have been sucky wins. I mean, they beat Buffalo 14-7 on opening day. They beat Cleveland, who blows. And then, who did, Jacksonville, who's sucked all season too. So I'm not impressed by Baltimore, and I'm actually going to go with Oakland. Oakland's now 2-1. and one under Jack Del Rio, and I think Oakland is on the right path. I think they have a shot at a wild card spot um, in the playoffs, and I really think that they could come out and play well here. I'm really hoping for a big day out of Derek Carr and Michael Crabtree, especially Michael Crabtree because I have him in fantasy. Don't tell anybody. But, yeah, I'm going to take Oakland over Baltimore. Um, Oakland is favored by 3.5, even though – it's in Baltimore, and Baltimore is still three and zero. But I'm going to take Oakland. I think I think they'll beat Baltimore, and they'll beat them by at least four points. So I go on Oakland. Uh, then we have Carolina at Atlanta. So coming into this game, the records are probably opposite of what you'd think. Atlanta's two and one uh, coming into this game, whereas Carolina is one and two. Um, Carolina is favored by two and a half, but. I think Carolina is struggling a little bit. I think Carolina is kind of coming back to earth, and I actually think Atlanta's going to win this. I'm going, this is my upset of the week, is Atlanta over Carolina. I just, um, I don't see how, I don't see, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not, I've been very unimpressed by Carolina. I know that the that little part there really didn't make much sense, but I've been unimpressed by Carolina. Um, I think Atlanta has a lot of offensive weapons, a lot of offensive firepower. Both their running backs have played fantastic. Julio Jones is an amazing receiver. Mohamed Sanu is a great second option. Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. I'm taking Atlanta. Um, I'm just going to take Atlanta. That's what I'm going to do. And then we have Seattle at the Jets, and this one was tough for me. Seattle's favored by a point and a half. Um, And by the way, so just... I want to throw this out there before I continue. This is all off the CBS Sports Fantasy website. Um, I am actually in a pick'em pool uh, with a bunch of people from work, and so this is where I'm getting all my lines. I know they change as the weeks go on, as the week goes on, but these are the lines as of, like, Tuesday afternoon. So these lines are locked in as soon as the picks come up. Um, So these lines don't change for me. Um, so I just wanted to let you know, these are the lines I'm reading. So if you're reading totally different lines, that's why, but this is what I have. So let me continue. Seattle at New York at the Jets, uh, Seattle's favored by one and a half. Now Seattle's really banged up. They had a great week last week. They covered the nine and a half points, which I didn't think they'd do. And they slaughtered San Francisco. Uh, Doug Baldwin had like six catches for 182 yards and a touchdown. So Overall, Seattle looked great last week, but Russell Wilson did suffer an injury, now has a sprained MCL on top of that ankle injury he already had, so Seattle scares me a little bit. Kristen Michael had an awesome week last week. I'm curious if he can duplicate it against a fantastic defense like the New York Jets, Uh, but then again, if Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out and decides to throw six interceptions again like he did last week against the Chiefs, they're not good. Russell Wilson and Kristen Michael really aren't going to have to do a whole lot. Um, I am going to take Seattle here. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow the Jets eked out a win, but I am going to take Seattle over the Jets, uh, and Seattle is favored by one and a half. And for the last 1 o'clock game, 
of the week, we have Tennessee at Houston. Houston's favored by six and a half. And I do think Houston will rebound this week after having getting had. No, wow. I really can't speak today. I'm sorry. I suck. <laughs> my, I just, my English is terrible. It's just awful. But I, you know, I appreciate the fact that you're still listening. <laughs> So we have Tennessee at Houston. I think Houston will bounce back this week after getting shellacked by the Patriots 27 to nothing. They're favored by six and a half over Tennessee. And like I said, normally when they're shitty, when I see shitty teams play each other, I usually take the points here. I don't think Houston's that bad. I think they're a good team. I think they'll bounce back and I'm going to take Houston with the six and a half points over Tennessee. I think they'll cover. I think they'll play well. I'm going to go Houston. Then we have Denver at Tampa Bay to start the 4 o'clock games. And I'm going to take Denver. That defense is vicious, man. That team is good. Trevor Simeon came out last week and showed he can throw the football. Um, Denver is the team to beat in the AFC with the Patriots. For the Patriots. Yeah. If you're a Pats fan, that Denver's a team to beat. If you're just a football fan or a fan of neither team, then the top two teams in football are the Denver Broncos and the New England Patriots. Just, I mean, that Denver defense is unbelievable. Um, So I'm going to take Denver. They're favored by three and a half over Tampa Bay. I'm taking Denver 10 times out of 10 all day. (laughs) The next game we have is LA, the LA Rams at Arizona. Arizona's favored by eight and a half. Again, the points tell me take the Rams. My gut tells me, take the Cardinals. Cardinals got shellacked last week. The last time they got shellacked, well, they didn't really get shellacked, but they got beat by the Patriots. They came out and thumped the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got shellacked by the Buffalo Bills last week. I think they rebound. LA sucks. And so I think Arizona comes out. They cover the eight and a half points and they beat LA at home. Um, And then the next game we have is New Orleans at San Diego. New Orleans is 0-3. I think their record's a little deceiving because I do think they're a decent football team, at least offensively. Defensively, they're probably they are atrocious. But offensively, they're good. Um, but I have seen some sparks out of San Diego. They've lost Danny Woodhead. They've lost Keenan Allen. And yet somehow they're still able to keep playing every week. Melvin Gordon having a good season. Um, nice bounce back season from a very disappointing season last year. Um, so I'm going to actually take San Diego. They're favored by three and a half, but they're at home. I know for San Diego, a home game isn't really a home game because they just don't have a lot of home support because <laughs> they've sucked so much. Um, but I am going to take San Diego minus three and a half over New Orleans. Then we have Dallas and San Francisco. Uh, Dallas is at San Francisco, favored by two and a half, and I'm going to choose Dallas. Dallas has played great. Dak Prescott looks awesome. For a rookie fourth-round quarterback, he looks so good. Um, I love Dak Prescott. I love the, I love that whole team. I love Dallas. Hey, the only thing I hate about Dallas is Jerry Jones. <laughs> uh, eh, not a big Jason Garrett guy either, but I like all the players. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott had a great week last week. Hopefully he can duplicate that this week. And with Dak's fantastic presence, I think, I think they're on the right path. And so I'm going to take Dallas over San Fran. Then we have Kansas City at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh favored by five and a half, taking Pittsburgh. They need a bounce back after last week's shellacking that they got from Philadelphia. They got absolutely pounded into the dirt by Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia defense. Um, so I'm going to take Pittsburgh over Kansas City. Um, and then lastly, 
for the Monday night game, we have the Giants at Minnesota. Minnesota is favored by three and a half. I'm taking Minnesota. That defense is the best defense in football. That defense is absolutely filthy. They are absolutely disgustingly good. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they win the NFC North this year. Mike Zimmer has shown that he is a very capable, um, very relatively intelligent NFL coach, which you don't find very often anymore. Um, So I'm taking Minnesota over the Giants, and I just hate the Giants. So suck it, Nick, if you're listening. I love you, but I'm suck it. Yeah, I'm taking Minnesota. (laughs) But um, that'll wrap it up for our picks this week. Um, I know, yeah, I mean, that's about it. Games to watch, though, I think, you know, I'm a Patriots fan, so of course I'm saying New England Buffalo. Um, but I do think I love Sunday morning football. I think that 930 game is awesome. So the Indianapolis-Jacksonville game, I, I'm going to watch. You know, a lot of people, I think that overall it's a shitty matchup, but I don't know about you, but I love morning football. It's a beautiful thing. I can literally watch football from 930 a.m. till about 1130 or 12 p.m. Like, that is freaking awesome. Oh, God, that is such a beautiful, oh man, it's like the best day ever. Uh, (laughs) But other games to watch, I think the Atlanta-Carolina game is going to be a really good matchup. Um, I like the Denver-Tampa Bay matchup. I do think Denver will win, though, uh, pretty handily, but I I like that. I I like Tampa Bay. I like Jameis Winston. I wish they were better, Um, but we'll see. And then the Kansas City-Pittsburgh matchup is, is, is something you can't miss Sunday night. Um, Pittsburgh is just one of those teams, super high-power offense versus a great defense in Kansas City. Uh, and Pittsburgh's at home. They're looking to bounce back after getting pummeled last week. So I think that's a matchup you can't miss. But that will wrap it up for this week's edition of Make Your Picks with Shime Time, the primetime picks of the week, if you will. I haven't come up with a cool name for it, but they're just the picks of the week. So they're the picks of the week. That's, that'll, that's, yep, that's it. That's it. Uh, I want to leave you guys with one more note. Now that we finally hit fall, yes, it's officially fall. Uh, We have now gotten into fall TV. And so if you didn't know, now you know. Uh, Flash and Arrow come back next week. Flash on Tuesday, Arrow on Wednesday. Both look like they're going to be fantastic to start the season, especially Arrow. Very happy with the direction they're going there. Really rebounding after some, you know, average to just slightly above average couple of seasons uh, after having a fantastic start to the show. I really think they're kind of bouncing back this season, and I'm hoping, hoping to God that we get a good season. The Walking Dead starts October 23rd. Uh, season seven, we're finally going to find out who, who Negan decided to, uh, to take Lucille to, you know, introduce Lucille to, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm super stoked for that. Actually next week, the beginning of next week, you're going to get a little segment on fear, the walking dead, which will be wrapping up this Sunday with a two hour season finale. We'll finally get to see what's going on with Travis and Maddie and Chris and Alicia and Nick and Luciana and all them, all that good stuff. That's going to be good. Um, like I said, I mean, I've told people this before. I don't think fear is nearly as good as the walking dead, but I still think it's pretty good. I think it's headed in the right direction. They're starting to get there. So uh, I'm excited to see what else they do with it. Um, and how the season is going to end. It's in its second season. Um, this will be a nice two hour finale on Sunday, which would be awesome. I can't wait for that. 
Uh, also coming back to TV. Oh, oh, ooh, Friday. Netflix original series, which I know the people love. The Netflix original series have been awesome. That I, I haven't seen a Netflix original series that I haven't liked or that other people haven't liked. Um, and then we're going to stick with this nice superhero theme other than The Walking Dead. Comic book theme. Uh, there we go. Comic book theme. And uh, Luke Cage comes out on Friday. Another member of the Defenders uh, will tie into the Daredevil, Punisher, uh, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist universe there that they have going on Netflix. And uh, that looks really, really good. I'm really excited to see Luke Cage. I think that's going to be awesome. Um, I think they've, from all the trailers I've seen, that show is going to be fantastic. And I don't know about you, but I have a long weekend that weekend. So I'm going to binge watch the crap out of that. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's see. What else do we have? A lot of other, you know, fall shows coming back for uh, for the people. You know, I bet you have your reality fans with the voice and you dancing with the stars and uh, and all that all that stuff, or your you know your crime drama fans with like Criminal Minds or your medical drama fans with like the Code Black and the and the Grey's Anatomy and such. So yeah, enjoy the new fall TV. I love that. There's just so much good TV on now. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, friends. We live in a beautiful, beautiful place in a beautiful time with football and good TV. And oh, I'm getting all excited thinking about it. But that'll do it for this episode of the hashtag SPP Shime Time Primetime Podcast. As always, I'm Shime Time. And as you can hear in the background, we have this week's Song of the Week is a song that I, I heard of actually just recently. Uh, I discovered this guy. His name is NF. That's right, the letters NF. And this is his song, Wait. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, you know me, I'm Shime Time. Come find me on Twitter at Shime Time. You can hit us up, you know, uh, at the email, shimetimeprimetime at gmail.com. Or just check us out on the iTunes and the SoundCloud. Shout out to anybody listening. Peace out, people. We back and forth, yeah, this ain't working, this ain't working. Loving perfect, loving perfect.